0: You're listening to the awesome podcast network.
1: This is '80s Revisited. I'm your producer Jesse Sedgley, and now your host Trey Harris. <coughs> <No! laughs>
2: you big dildo! Eat your fucking slot. But mom. Ain't I make the best goddamn
1: stew in the whole wide world?
2: Not (laughs) quite. Welcome back to myself, as well as everybody else out there, after a life-changing event happened to me, which we'll go into much later, after we talk about Friday the 13th, Part V. Oh, I'm sorry. Part 5, A New Mm. Beginning. Because today is a national holiday, Friday the 13th, National Jason Day. I'm sure if, you're, if your Facebook feeds anything like mine, a whole bunch of memes of Jason all over the place because it is Friday the 13th. And this one is a little bittersweet for some people, I'd imagine, because we're talking about which, which the, the one that many would consider to be the absolute worst one. But I digress. Aww. I digress, as we'll get into. Let's get right into it, get the dust knocked off and...
1: Well, part of the group requires groove. you introducing yourself.
2: Oh, yeah. See? Already. Already. <laughs> I, of course, am your host, Trey Harris, if you forgot about the past two months and three days since the last time we did a podcast, because uh, I had a baby. Well, I didn't have a baby. All right, I, My wife had a baby. I just sat in the other room and Cried. sat there in stony <laughs> silence and watched my life crumble before my eyes <laughs> as they ripped the child undertaker style out of my wife's belly and slammed her onto the counter. i Jesse. Yeah, with me as always, not my child, my (laughs) producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And, okay, no, we got that, back to where I was. Friday Mm the 13th, Part V, excuse me, Part 5, The New Beginning, came out March 22nd, 1985. And the first thing that struck me is, why didn't you release it on a Friday the 13th? Movies come out on Friday. Well, that's because the only Friday the 13th that year fell in December. And there was, you know... There still isn't a Christmas Jason movie. That's still, like, one they didn't get to before they made the jump to space. How dare they? You know, it'd be cool to see Jason doing some slaughtering with some, you know, tinsel in the trees at Camp Crystal Lake. and Fan film? Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Catch us on Kickstarter. No. <laughs> with all the other fan films out there, the <laughs> millions of them. Uh, IMDb gives it a 4.8, which is funny. I wish it gave it a 5, since it's part 5. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 16% critics, 26% audience. Budget was 2.2, estimated. However, it opened $8 million, quadrupled its budget in its opening weekend. Good enough for the number one slot that week. Yeah. Uh, domestically, we're going to gross $21.9 million, so 10 times its budget it made back. So I wouldn't care what the critics say either. Yeah. If exactly. I gave somebody $2 million and got back twenty one point nine, million. This one was directed by Danny Steinman, to where if you watch the, uh, the seven-hour, four-hour, six-hour documentary uh, not his name was Jason. What was it called? Crystal Light Memories. There we go, because there's two of them. Mm. Uh, but he's mainly, uh, he came from the beautiful world of porn to direct this film, which some would say is basically a porn in, in many ways. Uh, it was written by Martin Katrosser, David Cohen, and Danny Steinman. Uh, don't worry about anything else they ever wrote, because they really didn't. Cinematographer was Stephen L. Posey. He also did Repo Man, the original. And also, he's a horror veteran. He did The Howling with D. Wallace. And also, not the first time, not the only time, excuse me, you'll hear me mention this TV show from the 80s, Tour of Duty, about a ramshackle group of Vietnam soldiers mm. in Vietnam.
1: Wow, never been done before.
2: At that time, probably <laughs> not. Uh, the thing, I love that show to death, but the thing that, that made me like, watch it originally was it started with Paint It Black, and that was the first time I, had, mm. I could ever remember hearing Paint It Black. I was like, this song is cool. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's like Brambo. But not quite. But not die, It's real <laughs> Over the time. It was the first Walking Dead where characters would die. Yeah. Uh, music, again, the great Harry Manfredini returns to, with his typical kick. Uh, it's true to the series for the fifth time. This yeah. one starring in the, title, in the main character role of Tommy Jarvis, unfortunately not Corey Feldman. He would never reprise the role of Tommy Jarvis. Uh, we'll get into that in the trivia. But John Shepard... Uh, He was also in Down Periscope and Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius, about some golfer, some shit like that. I don't know. Never saw it. He didn't do too much. Uh, Melanie Kinneman was Pam. She was also in Best of the Best and One Episode of Cheers, uh, which is on Netflix. And me and Autumn, since we had the baby, have been binging it. We're on season eight out of 11.
1: Oh, that's what happened to you, baby?
2: Oh, yeah. Did I mention it? (laughs) I'll tell you more about that later. (laughs) Uh, let's see, uh, Shavar Ross was Reggie, he was Weasel on Family Matters, he was also on Different Strokes, uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr., that's a mouthful for an actor, mm. he was Demon, not as cool as his name implies, mm. but he was also in Return of the Living Dead, uh, also he was one of the soldiers in Tour of Duty, and probably the most memorable role for me was he was <laughs> DJ in the Van Damme Street Fighter, he was, General, Ha General- ha! <laughs> hey man, I'm talking, I'm Jamaican because I talk like this, that's all it takes, so, yeah, but uh, he was, you know, I've, you've seen him in a few things. I yeah, have, I was like, going
1: to say, I've seen him, like, on TV, I thought. Yeah,
2: he's, 99% of these actors did nothing but TV, for the most part. This might have been their only... Maybe with Hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> you sure it was that one? <laughs> he was squad member number four in Lethal Weapon yeah, 3. Yeah, that's
1: what I remember So him. it
2: might have been that. But uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, Carol Locatel was Ethel, who, introduced, who opened the episode with her annoying voice. Uh, she did a ton of, excuse me, TV as well, but more so like one episode of this, one episode of that, one episode of this for pretty much her whole career. Hmm. Uh, the aptly named and beautifully endowed Deborah Voorhees was Tina. She was in a few episodes of Dallas, and she became a schoolteacher who, once it came out among her students that she was in this film and nude, lost a job, which is oh. really fucking stupid.
1: When when you said Deborah and Dallas.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I was like, I like is that how is she going. lost the job? <laughs> well, she lost her teaching job, she had to do something, so she yeah. turned some tricks in Dallas. She and got a different job. She did Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Jesse. Uh, Tiffany Helm was the aptly named in my life now Violet, since that's the name of my daughter. Not named for the character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in a couple episodes of Freddy's Nightmares, as well as 21 Drump Street, again, These are TV people, as tradition with the series for the most part. Most of the actors were always TV, aside from the standouts, like Kevin Bacon, uh, Willard, what's his name? Crispin Glover, Corey Mm -hmm. Feldman. Uh, Let's see, uh, Dick White, Weeand. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but we'll go with that. He was Roy. He did a lot of random television. And Corey Feldman was in this film for the opening, sort of a cold opening almost, uh, as young Tommy reprising his role from Part 4. Of course, Goonies, Friday the 13th, Part 4 the greatest song of the 20th century ascension millennium or 21st century ascension <laughs> millennium and and honestly of all the friday the 13ths the opening of this film always as a kid scared me more than anything oh, wow. where jason comes out of the grave and he's it's basically your first person watching him walk towards you and like kill you mm. like before tommy wakes up but it's it's cutting back from felman's reaction like oh i'm scared to jason staring at you with mm. black blacked out eyes which is always the creepiest which i talked about i think on the part four episode uh and that as a kid that, that i would always hide my eyes at the beginning of this one because that, sk- that that's the one thing about jason that always gave me nightmares was that one opening scene him coming out of the ground well done very well done as well uh but then finally playing the man of the hour the man of the day if you're listening to this on friday the 13th tom Morga was Jason Voorhees. Uh, he has a storied career as a stuntman. He's been in everything uh, Ghostbusters, Star Trek II, Commando, Texas Chainsaw 2, Jaws 4, Wayne's World, Halloween 4. And he is the only actor who can lay claim to playing, stunt wise, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. Hmm. So he was three of the big four. For the most part, He'll now that Michael far. Myers can have an asterisk in there. Well, he's missing the biggest one, I <laughs> to know. Be the best one, arguably. Uh, the Michael Myers in there is an, had a little bit of an asterisk because he is in the in one scene in Halloween Four. But Still counts. They didn't. The director didn't like the way he fell, so they replaced him on Halloween Four. <laughs> but more on that when we talk about Halloween Four because it did come out in the eighties. You ever
1: interview that guy? and Be like, <laughs> well, you got understanding, and He shows
2: you some footage. and He's like flailing his <laughs> <He's> arms. Like, <laughs> Does a twirl, like a, a dramatic, like a pirouette, and then falls dramatically. Right. Okay, I agree. Or with the you. Uh, Pee-wee Herman from <laughs> Buffy the Vampire, like ah, uh, 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 just fall, Tom. I'm acting. Michael Myers doesn't talk. Neither does Jason. But yeah, so he's he's had a phenomenal career. There's actually a, uh, there's a, a documentary on Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, sorry, Halloween Four and Five on YouTube with a lot of lovely footage of the, unfor- thankfully not related to me, Danielle Harris. Uh, and Tom Morgan explains, like he says, I guess they just didn't like the way I fell. It's pretty much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what he says. So, But he seems in good spirits about it. But again, he, held, he holds a designation of uh, you know, playing three of some of the biggest horror, horror icons that ever shambled across the earth, whatever. I'm trying to get some, <laughs> working into some horror reference, but I needed more time. But yeah, now let's talk about Friday the 13th part Five, a new beginning, aptly named because the previous one, Friday the 13th, 13th, part four, you know, this is the end of Jason, the final chapter as it was. And with this one, they made good on that. They absolutely did. Uh, but then, of course, it just like with a uh, Halloween three, you know, we wanted Jason. We did not want Roy. Spoiler alert. It's not Jason. It's Roy. So then you have the great jewel of the franchise to me following this. Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, Part 6, uh, where they bring back Jason for the mm. first time, you can argue, as a zombie, zombie Jason. Uh, but more than that when we get to that one, which will be on the next Friday the 13th, which doesn't happen until I got it written down. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> it's, it's not till next year. Uh, wow. Se- oh, I'm so- no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. September and December 2019. Oh, wow. <laughs> we might have to do it a little bit before then, because that's a, that's a long way away. It'll happen. Eventually. We'll get there. We'll get to September 2019. I hope so. I'm not going You never know. Uh, but anyway, this one automatically most—it's already the black. It's always the, considered the black sheep of the the series because it doesn't have Jason in it. Well, neither did the first one. Did you forget that? <laughs> Just well, except at the end. Let's be honest. And Jason is in this one in his part four appearance and flashbacks when Tom—or not flashbacks. Well, the dr- the dreams and the uh, hallucinations that Tommy Jarvis has in him. So technically, Jason's in it for. Longer than he is in the first one, but it's not, you know, Jason, Jason. Mm. Uh, And you know, one of the biggest knocks against these horror franchises that have more than three sequels is that they just do the same thing over and over. Which I'm fine with, because that's why that's part of the fun of them. Uh, But then every single time a horror franchise tries to do something new, Friday the I mean, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, Halloween Three, it gets shit on, and unjustly so for the most part, in my opinion is this movie great? No. It's a Friday the 13th mm. film. Let's be honest. These aren't going to win any Oscars. They're not going to be held up on pedestals, no, except in my eyes, because I think they don't make horror movies like this anymore anyway. Uh, but that's just because I'm a horror fan. But yeah, you know, this one, they, they, I think they put a decent amount of thought in to like, okay, Jason's dead. What do we do? Yeah. And with, with better talent writing it, it could have been a fantastic script because you don't watching this for the first time. You don't know that Roy is Jason. Oh, it is Jason. There's really not many clues. I mean, it's a different hockey mask, but you know, they went so far in this one to like, make you think that it's Jason, that Roy even wears the latex bald headpiece behind the hockey mask. And not just, he's not just putting on a hockey mask and killing people. Yeah. He's making you think it's Jason. So, and, but then in the end, the, the, it's meant to be a big reveal, but it's like, oh it's the ambulance driver (laughs) they don't play into it enough but you know the the core story is the uh, the fat kid in the beginning annoys the crazy guy the crazy guy hacks him up with an axe the ambulance the driver's gonna pick up the guy realizes it's his son at this house for special needs kids flips out and starts killing everybody and he has the perfect alibi because they're on crystal lake blame it on jason hashtag blame it on jason (laughs) did you do this trey it wasn't me. It was Jason. Look at the camera freeze frame. Blame it on Jason.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's our new thing. <laughs> Look for our hidden camera videos or we blame it on Jason all day tomorrow or today. Uh, but yeah. So in, if you really break this one down, I think it has the most quote unquote genius plot. <laughs> oh. In terms of... 80 gmail.com <laughs> In terms of what they tried to do did they succeed no they did not succeed but with better with more time spent better director instead of a porn guy better script writers than a porn guy and two other dudes yeah this could have been looked back as being one of the best of the series but it wasn't it was it was a rush job first of all you don't have the talent and you're but but see here's here's the downside it made 10 times its budget yeah. So who cares? Who gives a fuck? We made our money. I think that's why it got approved in the first place. Exactly. I mean, we got to make this out and uh, I'll get to the trivia but they basically they told the director like, you know, you got to have a kill every 10 minutes or eight minutes and, you know, they got to make Tommy Jarvis the killer. Which he did. But, you know, in the at the end of this film, Tommy Jarvis is the, is Jason until part six comes out and then, oh, that was just another dream. You know, typical typical Friday 13th. Mm. <laughs> uh, speaking of, one of the, I'm thinking of not five, but four, Halloween 4. At the end of Halloween 4, spoiler alert, uh, I forgot her goddamn name, and I just watched it like two days ago, uh, Jamie's the killer. Hmm. Jamie kills her mom, and ba- that evil has transferred from Michael Myers to Jamie. But people didn't like the ending of Halloween 4, so then it's just, oh, yeah, she didn't kill her mom. She attacked her. She's okay, and she's now a mute. But Michael Myers is still out there. <laughs> so no, don't worry, people. We're not going to have to freak out about it. Which is a shame because you know again, these fi- these genre films that have 12 parts or 12 sequ- or 11 sequels in the original in the case of Friday the 13th, still waiting for that landmark 13th one to come out to just be amazing, uh, still waiting, but now, now there's a huge lawsuit with Friday the 13th, the series with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham, the original writer, about rights to it. So now nothing can be done in the franchise. All the development on the game's been stopped, all this other stuff because of the oh, really? lawsuit. Which really sucks. They were going to release Uber Jason on the game from Jason X, which <laughs> would have been so much fun. But now we might never see that because of this lawsuit, uh, which really sucks. For because Friday the 13th has had a resurgence because largely because of the game. There's a mobile game. You know the reboot was a few years ago, but there's still, you know, there's a thirst out there for these. Nostalgia is real. It's real in, in every in everything, uh, and horror is the same i mean i'll get a kid i just want to go watch the old wolfman the old dracula i'll feel i'll remember watching those as a kid and they're like ah gotta watch the new monsters freddy jason michael leatherface you know i don't feel like i want to watch the new new monsters you know whatever the ghost names are and all those, (laughs) they're all ghosts now so they suck (laughs) (laughs) you know they're not as cool as a guy in the woods coming to get you you know a ghost doesn't snap a twig and freak you out no, I'm saying it. ghosts aren't scary. A go- they can go through all Pol- Poltergeist, you know, you had its moments, but it was more of the horror elements in Poltergeist, not the right boo. we are like, ooh, something's floating over that door. Casper <laughs> is one of the new monsters. Wow, wow, no, wow. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, again, like you know, right now, on, like the big one, the big horror series, now it's making a huge resurgence. is Child's Play because there, there's talk of a new movie. I want to say a new movie, but or no, maybe it's just maybe it's just a television series. But I think it is because Brad Dourif signed on for it. So, I mean, it's it's coming back. But that's an, that, that one started in the 80s. We reviewed it a few Halloweens ago. Know, maybe they're remaking it and the a series has come out. There's, there's like a double See, thing happening with Child's Play right now. Cult of
1: Chucky was the last one to come out. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like a digital
2: like, or Netflix kind of thing or something like that. Oh. I don't remember. I'm not a – I like the first one I guess and just the second gonna... one maybe, but I'm not a huge fan. A friend of ours, Cliff, is a huge fan of Child's Play. Which, when he mentioned that to me, I was, like, kind of taken aback because he didn't seem like the kind of guy that like Child's Play. Because Child's Play just makes me laugh. Whenever right. that doll is in the fire, just obviously being animated with a stick, like, screaming, Brad Dourif screaming, I'm gonna kill you, bitch! That's the funniest thing <laughs> ever. It's, like, Sesame... The wrong side of Sesame Street. But that's just me. I still love it. It's just, you know... I go into it already with that expectation of how silly it is. But anyway. Yeah, but Friday, 13, Part 5. There... And, you know, let's, look at the, you know, let's talk about the good things. The overall story... I mean, come on. It is the overall story that didn't come to the screen, but when you break it down, okay, that's, to me, that's genius. That's a great way to get around, to take this world because Jason is dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. Could they have done something better? Maybe if you sat around long enough and thought, I'm sure you could.
0: Mm.
2: But And then you go into it, and you have some great kills in terms of the Friday the 13th series. I was watching them earlier, like the kill count, like, wow, that one's brutal. That's my favorite. Oh, that one's even worse. Shit. Yeah. There's like some really brutal. I mean, there's a road flare to the mouth. I mean, just imagine, like, ugh.
1: I love eating road flares.
2: <laughs> Every night before bed, yeah. crack open a fresh flare and, yeah. ah, ah, ah. Makes your breath smell great. <laughs> and you don't have to brush your teeth. <laughs> so. I love that smell, though. <laughs> then uh, there's uh, Deborah Voorhees' death, you know, which most young kids will remember, and is immortalized in a beautiful song by Wolfie's Just Fine. Yeah. Called uh, I think the song's called a new beginning, if I remember correctly. But we'll play that a little bit later on. We'll talk about it in the at the end. But she gets the garden shears through her eyes, and then he, you know, it's the MPA cut it, but stabs her with it, and then puts them together. That's that's <laughs> so brutal. And she was so pretty. And then uh, her boyfriend gets the leather strap across the eyes and gets his skull crush, which is horrific as well, because it ain't, ain't like a quick death. Like demon gets stabbed in the chest and like Ugh, dies. This dude is like, like ah! screaming as the dude's tightening this, like crushing his face. And you know, it's not a; these aren't you know typical just machetes to the face. There's a couple of those. Seems it's, like
1: he would have gotten been able to get out of that, but.
2: Well, once it's inside <laughs> your skull, sockets, yeah.
1: you you struggle before that gets to that point.
2: Well, you know, he he just he just banged Deborah Voorhees, yeah. So he's got that post, you know. Sex feelings, so us. he's like, I'm just like, ah, fuck, I'll just die. She's dead. I don't, I don't. Need, I, I, got it off. I don't need to do anything. Uh, Good way yeah, to go. Screw it. Not really. <laughs> now, had it been mid court <laughs> <laughs> like previous uh, shish kebabs in the series, uh, that might be a different story. And then Violet just gets impaled on the wall. Although hers was really cut because she got pretty, got it pretty bad in, uh, like some unshot or uh, still frames. Like, not, not deleted scenes, but, like, uh, stuff they tried but didn't do. They're still, like, still... Or did they they tested the effect but didn't shoot it. That's what I'm trying right. to say. You know? So this one was... it was You had the brutality of previous Friday films. You had a completely different story. The acting was the same quality as it's always been. Although, uh, John Shepard being, like... Having only, like, 20 words to say in the entire movie and having to, like, really act with his body, so to speak, I thought he did a good job. Being, like, a tortured Tommy Jarvis after hacking apart Jason Voorhees and now you're going to a basically a camp for mental people which happens to be uh, near Crystal Lake again <laughs> where all this started
1: You think <clears throat> they close that place down
2: Yeah or just like you know let's just fill in this lake make it a landfill yeah. And then it's Jason killing a whole bunch of waste management people
1: <laughs> or something. A <laughs> bunch of chemical people. You know, yeah, evolve the
2: series into something else. Or he's basically the Toxic Avenger, but <laughs> murderous awesome. people. Or that's the, you now you tie it in Toxic me, Avenger meets Jason. <laughs> toxic you know.
1: versus Jason. There you
2: go. Boom. There you go. Uh, trauma. There's your uh, there's your next big hit. Yeah. But yeah, you know it, 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 This is a typical Friday the 13th movie. It's just Jason isn't the killer. So begs the question: If if the, if it's dressed like Jason and killing people like Jason, and then it's revealed in the last ten seconds that it wasn't Jason, does that cheapen everything else that came before it? I don't think so. Again, is this still the, is it the best written? Is it the best directed? Is it the best shot? No, right. but it has all the pieces there that all the other ones do. It just took it somewhere different, and people don't like it because it yeah. should have been Jason. Which I, I well, understand. Well, then you're that. just
1: watching another Jason movie and that in itself has complaints
2: exactly so again do you try something new and fail and go i mean honestly at this point if you look at history look at halloween 4 look at this look at halloween twice in the halloween you know three times you want to count the rob zombie coming back rebooting it to kick it off again and do something completely different and actually four if you want to count the new one because now they're erasing everything and jumping back actually Mm. halloween is so fucked up (laughs) it's tried to it's redone its brand five times and there's only like seven move eight movies so nine movies i guess with the new one uh, so, it's almost well, I, it, maybe it's more of a fucking marketing technique to where, like, okay, we're gonna view it's not Jason this one, we're gonna make our money on it, but the people are gonna complain they want Jason back, which means the <laughs> next one, when we put it out because, and we market it that Jason lives, we're gonna make even more money. In fact, uh, pull up Friday the 13th part six, we'll see how much it made total as opposed. If it made more than this, I'm gonna say my theory is sound. All right. My hypothesis is correct. My hypothesis has, we've done the scientific method on Friday the 13th part five in relation to Friday the 13th part six, and we'll see. What it is. So what year did that come out? Uh, this one was eighty-five. I think it was eighty-six.
1: Eighty-six was part six. So we want to know. Box office. We're like eighty scientists.
2: Oh, it did not make as much as this one. yeah nope. It made nineteen. Spoiler for when we do that that episode in September of twenty nineteen, <laughs> which you'll have forgotten it by then. <laughs> right. Which that surprises me because that one a is so much better than this one. Mm. Not just because it's Jason.
1: Five
2: point nine. But it's the that totally throws a monkey wrench in my theory because people might have thought that even though it says Jason Lives, it's not going to be Jason again, and maybe they injured the brand a little bit. But that's that's not true either because this was only part six. They weren't even halfway. Actually, six was, is the halfway point of this series, including the remake. They're sitting pretty at 12, again, just waiting for that 13. Because mm. as a kid in the schoolyard, as I mentioned every Friday the 13th, like, everybody was like, they're always, they're always going to make 13 of them. Then they're finally going to kill Jason. <laughs> so... It's ripe, you know. Get 13's a lot. Well, they got 12. So, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like, I mean, of course, now that's including the remake, including Freddy versus Jason, because uh, you had nine, ten. Hold on, let me do my math one second. And Jason Goes to Hell was not... Oh, yeah. Then you had, yeah, Jason X. You had 10 movies with Jason proper, then Freddy versus Jason and the remake put you at 12. Mm. So, which I guess is a good thing there, you know, quote, maybe. Taking their time, but nobody's giving a shit right now. No, nobody. But if they get this lawsuit fixed up, we might see something. But again, this is the thirteenth one. Maybe the game is the thirteenth. <laughs> 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 Just no story to it. It could be. Awesome. It could be. Very. I mean, it's like it's again. I will. I will. That game is amazing. Like you get shit on for its technical <laughs> stuff, but it was kickstarted. But that game, if you like these movies, you should play the game. It's mm. fucking amazing. I have a uh, what did you think of Dead by
1: Daylight. That gets the comparison. I the didn't most like thing. it. Really? Because
2: it's it's. In Friday the 13th, you have multiple ways to escape. Yeah. You can kill Jason, which is hard when you got to have teamwork. You can call the cops. You can survive the time limit. You can uh, escape in the car. You can escape in a boat. Dead by Daylight, you have to repair a generator, which is just a quick time event every single time, which, Mm. granted, repairing stuff in Friday the 13th is quick time, too, but you can pick a character with perks to where it's easier And what that means
1: is you're just trying to hit the bar at the right time. Yeah, it's
2: going around, which... And in Dead by Daylight, I mean, it's a generator, so it's like and it's, uh, I got tired of the fucking noise. Wow! And it takes forever, yeah. like, and you have to get all four of them, and then the kill. And it they
1: should make those puzzles or something.
2: They should if it was more varied. Now, granted, I think it came out before Friday the Thirteenth. I'm pretty sure it did. So you know, it, Friday the Thirteenth might have obviously learned from that, like to have some variety. Now, Dead by Daylight has added Leatherface, they added Michael Myers. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they have Freddy or not. I don't think they do. Maybe they do, and I don't remember. Uh, but it's just, that match involves, okay, here you are, there's four generators, you activate all the generators, and then open the door. Well, guess what? Once you activate the four generators, the, the whoever's playing the killer can just sit by the door right. and fucking kill you.
1: So it's, the door doesn't move.
2: It seems, yeah, I mean, there's an egg, there's one exit. Oh
1: my god. That's why,
2: like, in Friday the 13th, like, there's so, okay, I, you can see what other people are, I play Lone Wolf all the time. Because most people, A, most people don't use a mic. And when they do, their kid's like, Jason, I'll tell you where they're at if you don't kill me. <laughs> Little liners and shit. A lot of the time. I play with some great people. Don't get me wrong on that game. Fucking But curious. I just play Lone Wolf. I'm on there like, hey, okay, <laughs> okay, this person's trying, these, this group's trying to repair the two-seater and not the four-seater car. Uh, okay, I got the fuse. And then, so when I play Friday the 13th, the game, every match is organic and unique.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I might start and I might not be able to find a fucking weapon. I might not be able to find anything to where I know that or a pocket knife or any way to fight back against Jason to know that, Okay, if I get caught, I'm dead no matter what. Yeah. So I can either just hide or I could, you know, try to do something, one thing productive for everybody else and I know I'm going to die. Yeah. So it's it's just you you're thrown into it and you have have to improvise. And that's why I love it so much. That game is all about improvisation Mm. and also getting good. Get good, hashtag G I T G U D. You're like, give me a subject. <laughs> that kind of improv. I mean, pretty much, like, because you can, you know, and it, it depends on the character you're picking as, the, the teammates, if the person you're playing is a good Jason. There's so much right. that when that match starts, you have to, like, just kind of, you have to kind of feel it out. Every match, you have to kind of feel out that, okay, how's this going to go? Within two, you might die within two seconds because you happen to spawn by the fuse house. Yes, Most and. Jasons yes, go... and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't game... We're not on Twitch talking about the game. But it, it, the game's phenomenal. If you like these movies and you have a PS4, uh, That's what I think of Xbox, improbably. or PC, get the fucking game and play it. It's great. There is a learning curve. Most of the people in our circle of friends who got it and played it couldn't, couldn't handle hang. it. And it, it just it pisses me off. Because, like, look, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling everybody what to do. I'm like, right. oh, like hit X, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling the stuff I had to learn. Like, they're getting a shortcut. I'm not going <laughs> to lie... I, I'm not good at um, a lot of games. I'm fucking good at Friday the 13th. I played the shit out of that game. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't, I don't like to say I'm good at stuff because there's only been two real video games that I, multiplayer wise, that I would say like I could beat anybody that I, like if we got on granted, they're both mainly cooperative games anyway, but, but that's because that's where I excel. I it, right. like, and that's what I like to play to where I devote my. So usually win when you play. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, of course now at first, no, when the game first came out absolutely not. Yeah. Nobody knew what to do. Everybody was learning the game. But then knowing how the game works, unless I get a bat, unless I happen to start where Jason comes immediately, nine times, out, my success rate is probably 80%. Wow. Now, it's probably skewed. Now, if you, now, you can actually look, I think, and see on your profile, but when there was, like, double XP weekends, I just left, and servers are hard to come by. When I would go, to, or, like, we would go do something, I would leave the server up. So, like, I would get killed every match for that because I'm AFK. Right. But I'm, right. you know, like, hey guys, I'm leaving the server up. Y'all can do whatever you want. It's on random, blah, blah, blah. And I was getting the XP, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, if you're wondering about the other game, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, mm. I fucking owned. I had every fucking class pimped out <laughs> and just dominated that game. Like, when my, I think I've told on the podcast before, but my old TV was uh, not LED, LCD? Uh, plasma? Plasma. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And I had the HUD for Mass Effect 3 burnt into my plasma at the very bottom. <laughs> like, because I wow. played that multiplayer from, well, I'd get home from work until I would go to bed. Like, I I loved it so much. It was so good. Mass Effect and Drama's multiplayer fucking sucked. <laughs> Broke my heart. I was so excited. Like, oh, I'm gonna get into it again. Nope. Nope. Not as good. But anyway, Friday 13th, part Five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie is unfairly judged. I think if you're a... F- now, if you don't like it, I'm not saying you're not a fan, but I think most fans know that it's, you know, respect the fact they tried something different. It didn't succeed. Flat out. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Because <laughs> it, it just, it, you know, this definitely probably had some, it had two of the most annoying characters with Ethel and Junior. Like, period.
1: Which we met at the beginning of the
2: show. Yeah, so if you got tired of that, <laughs> it goes on for a bit longer in the movie. But Jason kills him, so there's a happy ending for, for the viewer watching them. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, a, again, all the elements are here for a, a good 80s, a good classic, quote-unquote, Friday the 13th film. If it was Jason, this one would, nobody would hate this one as much. We'd, everybody would be talking about Jason goes to hell, and X more so than lumping this in there with him. Because uh, I think, I think they're, the good in this one outweigh the bad. If they had a, better, a tighter script, just worked, that, worked it out to it, it was a surprise that it wasn't Jason, and it made a little more sense, because the only clue you get is that long pause when Roy looks at the body and like looks away, and then like there's a scene of him kind of zoning. One scene of him like zoning out, and then that's it. Hmm. You know, that's all. That's the only clues you get. Because, uh, and, and I'll tell you one thing: they did a great job of making it realistic in this one, in terms of the damage that he takes. Yeah, you know, that probably is up true until the point where he gets ran into with the uh, bulldozer, like the uh, the 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 trough of the bulldozer, like. They bump him with it and knock him back. I mean, that could kill you, but, you know, it would hurt like a bitch. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I mean, he gets up after it. But when he actually does take visual uh, fatal damage, he's dead. He, there's, there's no, like, bah! Well, they do do a scare like that where you think he falls off, but, of course, everybody knows the hand's going to come up. Of course. But then when he actually falls off onto the, the conveniently placed bed of spikes... He's dead, which actually when I, when I think of that scene, I think of, uh, I think it's Freddy's dead where he does the Bugs Bunny thing of pushing the spikes under where the person's fallen and they fall like through the bed of spikes or where they fall. That's what I think of at the end of this scene. It's Freddy like <coughs> pushing it right there. But yeah, overall, it's not as bad as a, uh, it, it's, re, it's reputate, rep, yeah. reputation. reputation precedes it a little too much. But I don't mind watching this one. It's got some, it's got some great moments. It just falls flat, with the with the twist. But again, then there's another twist because at the end, if you know, I didn't see I didn't see these in order. Most people, most kids probably didn't. And in, in, in our age group, you know, the older group that kind of saw them from the beginning, obviously, probably did. Yeah. But you know, there were so many of them, and like you had to jump back and forth as ones were available to rent or came on TV or whatever, because you were kind of saturated with it in a sense from different angles. In in a, in a big way, I and mean, today it's a big not a big deal because you're saturated with it on your phone, your TV, every literally everywhere. But back then, you know, you had Fangoria on the newsstand. Oh, the new Friday Thirteenth movie. You had USA and TBS playing them. You had like a friend had them had four and five, but not any of the other ones. So you know, it was, for at least in my experience, it was always a hodgepodge, like trying to catch them. Which is the one I haven't seen? Oh, I've seen this one. I don't, there's at this point there's seven of them, but I've only seen six. So, you know, it was different then. Hmm. But anyway. What? No, no, no. I don't know. I like thought you saw funny <laughs> pictures.
1: Nah. I mean, there's a lot of pictures on IMDb. But. Yeah.
2: Plenty. But yeah, unfair, unfairly hated, I'd say. I, I can understand you disliking it, but hating it. The only reason you're hating it is because that last five seconds where, oh, it's not Jason. Had it been Jason, people probably wouldn't hate it. Nowhere near as much for that one thing. Yeah. And again, they don't allude to it. It's It's not like... It's not like the first one where it's like, who is killing these? Like, is it this guy? Is oh, he? Oh, he, he just got killed. It's not him.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not like Clue <laughs> at all. They, there's really no. They want you to think it's Tommy the whole time more than anything. Again, except for two shots of Roy acting weird. And there is one that's an except that holds on an exceptionally long time, which any student of film nowadays, an older person who's watched enough films, would know. Like, why are they hanging on this dude for so long? And mm. then. That's so you remember what he looks like when he's dead at the end and you get that he was the killer. But anyway. Uh, some quick trivia about this one. Uh, filmed in 85 but takes place in 1989. You wouldn't guess it from the fashions and stuff, it's, everything going on. But of course, you know Corey Feldman's Tommy Jarvis's character was however old he was at the end of part four. Right. And this is following it up. Made a year later but they don't have Corey Feldman so instead of getting a child actor they get this guy so yeah, it's got to take place uh, five years later. 1989. Hmm. I thought this was funny, but uh, Feldman scenes were actually shot in his uh, backyard of his house. He was, and if he wasn't in this film, he w- he wanted to, but he was too busy filming something, definitely a little more, more better to use in proper English in the form of the Goonies. Uh, oh, I thought it
1: was the Essential
2: Millennium video. <laughs> that was well. That ties into that video because he hey, runs hey. into uh, Mikey. Yeah. You know, looking at the map, <laughs> and, t- and gives him his inhaler. Uh, so yeah, therefore the script was rewritten for that. You know, the three shots of him panicking in his backyard in the raincoat, which, again, was effective. An effective opening for mm-hmm. me as a kid. Five-year-old kid watching it scared the shit out of me. That's what, that, that is the one scene that made me scared of Jason Voorhees was that opening in this one. Uh, the first one in the series where Jason is actually referred to by his full name, Jason Voorhees. Never before until part five. Now, of oh. course, we knew, his, we knew his name. We knew Pamela Voorhees. You hear her all the time. Uh. But no one ever says, Jason Voorhees is out there. It's Jason's out there. You heard the story of Jason, but they actually call him by his last name in this one. Uh, without counting the yelling or laughing, Tommy says only 24 words the entire film. Hmm. So, easy day, easy days work for him on the set. <laughs> Look scared.
1: Move here. Go <laughs> Look there, scared, John. Say this one word.
2: Yep. Pretty much. God, I can't remember my line. Line. It's. Ugh. Ow. Oh, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think oh, I, got uh, this. I forgot
2: it again. What's this next line? Uh, you laugh. <laughs> Damn it. God, it's a hard one to remember. I'll never work in this town again. No, <laughs> well, he didn't too much. And he didn't. <laughs> Not too much big. Uh, I mean, this was probably, you know, his biggest thing in terms of, uh, you know, Who lasting impression. TJ I mean, Hooker or Quantum Leap? One episode, though. You don't count, you know, <laughs> you, d- you were a regular on it? Sure. But, I mean, come on. The dude was been acting since 86, and in 97, he was still getting staff number one roles. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Unnamed characters. No offense, John. You were, I, thought, I think you did a great job in this. Yeah, I liked your work in Down Periscope
1: as young sailor. <laughs> was he really young by then? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ninety God, movies ninety six. Wow. Yeah, he was. He was. So he was thirty six years old, young uh, sailor. He's not a young sailor. You nope. should.
2: You should be pushing sergeant or, what is it, master chief by then. He
1: always looked really young. Wait,
2: not really. Get <laughs> really. him in this family. He looks pretty old. He's an adult. He should have kids. Yeah, like me. <laughs> he There's has him. kids? <laughs> I mean, that looks like his kid, probably. Or yeah i don 't know Eyes. who cares okay. uh, there was originally a three minute long sex scene, no surprise since the director was a porn director, mm-hmm. uh, but the m p a forced him to cut it to ten seconds before he 's lost her teaching job later in life when the school discovered her sex scene in the film, which I mentioned earlier, which is that's really stupid, mm-hmm. absolutely stupid, it has no bearing on her teaching, yeah, so that's a shame, but hopefully she's found other employment because she was definitely one of the uh Best girls in the Friday the 13th series, and she showed it all of it for you young red blooded Americans. Yeah. Which, again, plugging that song by Wolfie's uh, just fine, uh, it's basically you gotta watch the video, it's on YouTube, it's fantastic. But it's basically about how a young group of kids get together at a friend's house and watch Friday the 13th part five for the first time, and that's pretty much exactly how I, re- I remember doing going over to a friend's house, dude, my parents are into this and they're not back from work yet, let's watch it. Or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, what is this? What is this magic? You know, and it's just like, wow, an awakening happened. Uh, Ted White, who brilliantly portrayed Jason Voorhees in Part 4, said in interviews that he was offered the opportunity to come back in this one, but he turned it down. And in later interviews, he did state that he did regret it, you know, because he's still hitting the conventions uh, dressed as Part 4 Jason. So... (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, you know, speaking, and speaking of part four, you know, this film had to follow up many, what many people consider the best of the franchise. Yeah. So that's always a tough job. It's like True Detective season two. Yeah. Most people hated it because it had to follow up that first season. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's the first thing. When I, first, when I heard the second season was coming out, I'm like, I'm excited, but there is no way. And <laughs> you know, I like the second season. It should have been the first season.
1: Just and, to build up to something. But yeah, then it may not have gotten the second season.
2: That, that is true. That's absolutely true. But, I mean, in my, like, the first season of True Detective, the bar was raised so high. So high. And then season two comes out. Hmm. And, you know, it's great. I enjoyed it. But it didn't, you, it couldn't reach that bar. That, that, I mean, True Detective season one was just so epic. I mean, God, blew my mind how good that was out of nowhere. Yeah. It's so rare these days. To where something comes along and just completely blows you away yep. without, without any knowing anything about it. Like, I was blessed to
1: Original material. Yeah,
2: like Jurassic Park. The movie Jurassic Park was that for me. Older people obviously knew the book. It was a bestseller, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think I told the story before on the podcast. My friend Jason comes up and says, hey, you want to see the new dinosaur movie? I'm like, what dinosaur movie? Jurassic Park. I'm like, I knew nothing about it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> like that for its first season of True Detective. Like, oh, I love McConaughey and... Uh, Woody Harrelson, and that is a master's class in like mm-hmm. so much in terms of acting, directing, writing, everything, and like, and it's also rare for something to come out of nowhere. But then also to be that tight, so rare. Yeah, I long for that again. You know, I can't wait till I find the next thing like that that I can say that about. You know, it'll <laughs> happen. It's gonna happen over time. You know, something will
1: come along. Good. Uh, I can't remember. I can't believe it's been that long. 2014 was first season. Cool. 2015 was second season. And then nothing till next then year. Four years later,
2: had that, that second season out of people's mouths. Like wow, those.
1: that's crazy. Again,
2: it, it wasn't bad. Like I think if people revisited it, pardon the pun about on the, on the podcast, you might not be There's... as bad as you remember. But again, you can't. When a bar is that high, I have to you have revisit to be it
1: because actually I never finished it. Really? Second second season I didn't finish.
2: I think the, the honestly the, the, my problem with it, not to get off, too far off subject, was it just they had too many storylines, too many mm. characters. They should have cut. They
1: had a lot of characters. They should have cut that. a couple
2: of characters out, and it would have and made it a little more intertwined. it would have been fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the lovely and beautiful uh, Audrey Horn, Sherilyn Finn from Twin Peaks, or Audrey Horn from Twin Peaks, played by Sherilyn Finn, was offered the role of Violet, which I would have liked because mm. she's so gorgeous, but she turned it down to do just one of the guys, which might be covered on the podcast eventually because I do have it available to watch uh, in the final scene you can hear the chant "kick, which is symbolic of Tommy's psyche telling him to kill Tommy kill as opposed to Jason Voorhees being you know uh, kill for mommy so they were completely invested by the end of this film that Tommy Jarvis would in fact be the killer in the next one hmm. but alas it was not to be because we had to have our Jason Voorhees but he should have ran with it and then the real Jason comes back and just kills Tommy Jason <laughs> saves the day you know, what the hell oh the real Jason's back and he killed Tommy cause he cause Tommy killed him at first then right. he turns to the person Tommy was about to kill and brutally kills him <laughs> end of movie then Jason's or back in the put next put that
1: movie. in the middle of the movie
2: there you go there <laughs> yeah. you go
1: and he's like two, watching two movies in one for real every once in a while I'll watch a movie that does that it's like this has got to be the end of the movie right nope 41 <laughs> minutes still <laughs> <laughs> for
2: sure uh that, pff, a little flying here the uh, movie's title New the beginning was chosen because it had been decided that Tommy would become the killer after part four, which was alluded to again, and the director was instructed to do two things with this movie, deliver a shock, scare, or kill every seven or eight minutes. And when I watched this, I had, I had my phone on, and I, every time something happened, I hit the, to- the stop timer, he did it. Wow. Uh, of course, editing comes into play in that, of course. Sure. But uh, it works. And, uh, and more importantly, to turn Tommy into Jason. The ending with Tommy about the Copan was not originally meant to be interpreted as a dream until the backlash for not being Jason happened. Uh, so the plot twist was abandoned when the fans of Man and Jason returned. He was thus resurrected for Jason Lives in 86. Had this film gone down well with fans, the producers would have brought John Shepard and Melanie Kinnaman back for a direct sequel, which would have been interesting because it's not Jason. Yeah, it's, The series has evolved. It's changed. On one hand, that's great. That's, I think, what needs to happen for longevity. But let's look, at, let's look back to the hourglass of history. It didn't need to. It's still in pop culture every Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, nobody thinks of... People know Friday the 13th is unlucky for no other reason other than this series. Let's yeah. be honest. I'll get more into the history of that at the end of this podcast. Uh, but you, know, you can't go to a hockey game and see a goalie. Without thinking, <laughs> you <laughs> He's see a hockey mask. You see a hockey mask. Do you, what do you think? You know, we all, well, granted, we don't have a hockey team. <laughs> right. We're not in a hockey-centric area of the country. That's all we know. So most of the people who see a hockey mask mean, are not going to think of hockey. They're like, oh, that's oh, Jason Voorhees. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> woo, woo, girl for Jason. Woo girl. So. <laughs> Uh, body count was 19, not including the dream sequences. Uh, A New Beginning and Friday the 13th Part 8 were tied for the highest body count of the series until Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, which, again, eh, not so much, right. in 93 surpassed them both with 27. Uh, Score-wise, you know, I, don't, I do not hate this movie. I would not put it in the top Friday the 13th, even if, and that's not because of the reveal. That's just because more so just the pacing and all that kind of stuff but it's got some great kills and it's not bad. I'd give it a six. That's
1: about what I thought you'd say.
2: So I was going to say, I'd give it a five, but I think it deserves a better than a five.
1: Right. Cause I it's think. close to a five on IMDb. And, yeah.
2: yeah. I think it's, I think it deserves a little bit more than that for what it tried to do, you know, and it's really just a shame. Like nowadays, if this series was this popular in, in this day and age, and let's say they it followed the same kind of track. Yeah. If this probably still would have happened, they still would have there still would have been backlash. Mm. because uh, Star Wars well, was, uh, you kill off Han. We wanted more Han. Okay, well, here's Solo. Fuck Solo. <laughs> and it's, you, you can't please, uh, granted, you, and you shouldn't try to please everybody. You should do what's best for the story, which it doesn't obviously doesn't always happen. But, you know, if, if somebody does something, and that's their excuse for why this, I, I thought this would be best for the story. Okay, you you might have been wrong, but you did something different. Yeah. Because guess what Roger Ebert and all the other critics say? It's the same fucking... Yeah, he didn't say that word. It's but. the same God fucking thing. <laughs> it's the what same. The every time these kids go to the woods, they get murdered by a psychopath. Granted, that does happen in this one, but yeah. they did try to evolve it into a little more psychological. J, you know, and like the, the poster says, if Jason still haunts you, maybe you're... What is it, uh,
1: Even a little more real. You're not
2: alone. You okay. know, a li, you know, more cerebral smart horror as opposed yeah. to just you know, the jump, the typical jump scare. So again, they tried, failed, but I appreciate the try. Just, it, it needed, it needed, you know, and it's, it needed more than a $2 million budget. It needed a, another mm-hmm. couple million to get the talent for directing and get the script iron out. But again, this was made a year after. They wanted to keep that money train rolling, made 10 times the budget. So that, that, that's another piece of the puzzle. It all goes together to explain why it happened. But uh, I thought it would be fun since there's no more Friday 13ths till next year. Uh, to educate not just myself but you, the listeners, about the date of Friday the 13th, because I've always heard different. I've heard several different things, mm-hmm. so I try to get to the bottom. And guess what? There is no bottom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, investigation uh, is endless.
2: Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm not. That's what True Detective season three is <laughs> about. <laughs> it's about we got to find out where this day came from. Why are yeah. people <laughs> afraid of this? <laughs> Fuck you! You weren't around when I needed you. What a big deal! It was a Friday the 13th. Right. <laughs> and then Jason comes back in the end and kills everybody. Uh, But Friday the 13th in history, there will be two Friday the 13th every year until 2020, where 2021 and 2022 will have just one, one in August and one in May. So there's usually always at least one, depending on the first day of the calendar. Now, the superstition surrounding the day may have arisen in the Middle Ages, originating from the story of Jesus' Last Supper and crucifixion, in which there were 13 individuals present in the upper room, as evident in Da Vinci's Last Supper, uh, of Nissan Monday, Thursday, the night before his death on Good Friday. While there is evidence of both Friday and the number 13 being considered unlucky, there is no record of the two items referred to as especially unlucky in ch- conjunction before the 19th century. So it isn't from that because there's mm-hmm. no reference of it being unlucky until the 19th century. An early documented reference in English occurs in Henry Sutherland Edwards' 1869 biography of some random-ass dude whose last name is Rossini who died on a Friday the 13th. Yeah, he died. Of course it's unlucky for him, because he died on a Friday the 13th. Well, he died Yeah, that's why it's unlucky (laughs) for him. Yeah. Oh, bad day, bub. Uh, His first name was... I'll try to pronounce it. uh, uh, Giaoachino? Giaoachino?
1: That's exactly what it's supposed to be.
2: (laughs) As far as we're concerned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He was surrounded to the last by admiring friends, and if it be true that, like so many Italians, he regarded Fridays as an unlucky day and 13 as an unlucky number... And it was remarked on Friday the 13th in November, he passed away. Mm. Uh, it's also possible that the publication in 1907 of Thomas Lawson's popular novel, Friday the 13th, Friday, comma, the 13th, uh, contributed to disseminating the superstition. In the novel, an unscrupulous broker takes advantage of the superstition to create a Wall Street panic on a Friday the 13th. The so superstition was known before 1907, mm-hmm. but it w- there was no origination of it before the 19th century. So the only thing between there is an early documented reference in English in Henry Southern Edwards' biography of Rossini, who died on Friday the 13th. Mm. So that's possibly the origin of the superstition. And then in a Dan Brown sort of way, people have connected the dots back to Jesus, like everything happens in a Dan Brown book uh, with Tom Hanks, you know, doing, putting the pieces together. <laughs> uh, and then an early—oh, uh, I put that on there twice. Actually, I put that on there three times. No. I put that us, Must be a very
1: twice. important po- point to make.
2: <laughs> only repeat the last five minutes of the podcast yeah. and trip you out. Uh, never mind. That makes these notes a little shorter. So there you go. You get back on your day. Uh, a suggested origin of superstition, Friday the 13th, October 1307, the date Philip IV of France arrested hundreds of the Knights Templar, may not have been formulated until the 20th century, uh, as it is mentioned in the 1955 uh, Maurice Drawn historical novel, The Iron King, John J. Robinson's 1989 work, Born in Blood, The Lost Secrets of Freemasonry, and Dan Brown's 2003 novel, The Da Vinci Code. So, but again, this is 2003 with Dan Brown. Everybody's seen fucking Friday the 13th before then. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, so in, in closing, if you're going to point to the most logical reason, or most logical point of it becoming a superstition. I would say, based on the fact that there's no reference of it before the 19th century, and uh, the only other one between uh, the, the novel in 1907 stating that it was unlucky and disseminating a superstition means there had to be a superstition before that, but there was, since there was no reference before the 19th century, we're going to give the award to creating the Friday the 13th superstition to Henry Sutherland Edwards' 1869 biography of Gauccino Rossini. So I'll stick by that. Now... congrats. He's dead. Posthumously yeah, 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 yeah. awarded on Friday the 13th. <laughs> Here's your gold hockey mask. Uh, but let's be honest. Again, like I mentioned before I even got into the historical stuff, people know Friday the 13th because of a lovable undead hockey mask wearing maniac. In the 80s, that w- it was all about you saw a hockey mask. It was a Friday the 13th. You didn't think about the Knights Templar or Gianni Rossini. Giancino, whatever his name was, or the Wall Street Panic in that book, Friday, comma the thirteenth, it just happened. So, hmm. but we'll say that that book started the superstition. For as far as my re- my my Wikipedia research has led <laughs> me to believe, and then let's be honest, it's Friday, this film series made it. It might have been like one of these, don't walk under a ladder. Oh, it's Friday thirteenth, but this superstition. I mean, these this this film series made it a household name. I would. I refuse to not believe that. I was a kid. You go into the costume store, there'll be all the little cheap plastic masks and then like the trash bag printed like He-Man or something. And next door to them would be a line of hockey masks that yeah. glow in the dark. <laughs> so every, every kid was scared of Jason. You know, every trick or treat, you'd see Jason's all over the place. Because
1: you couldn't destroy the mask either. It was made of that thick plastic.
2: <laughs> it's like Stop made a bullet. It's made of
1: like a cutting board, basically. Yeah.
2: And, and if... I rem- I cut the fuck out of my hand on one of like in the store one time. Oh wow! Because you know the edges mm. weren't like shaved down or something, and I oh, picked wow. it up and it cut me and bled in the store. Curse went... that mask! Some kid put it on. <laughs> i stopped talking for like a month.
1: Maybe that's like his tool in the final. It could be thirteenth. Is just two masks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's just slicing people with them. He's yet to use it as a weapon. You know, right. just like like kung lao.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what him. I was thinking of.
2: Oh yeah, just like Perfect Captain America mask. in uh, Infinity War, he loses his mask, so he has no mask. But he gets two hockey masks on his hands.
1: I think he could do some cool k- kills with those. Fuck yeah! Like, like, especially like they're made of metal, like heats it up and puts it <laughs> on someone's face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's been brand
1: like then rips it off. And then rips it off and it's just burnt, <laughs> it's burnt mask. Copyright revisited 2018. It's <laughs> the next Friday movie. Y'all could use it. I'd be pleased to see that.
2: <laughs> Just get, you know, have it have it some podcasters yeah, yeah. talking shit about J. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. Just give
1: us a nod in the credits. That's all. There you go. I'll take that.
2: But, uh, you know, Friday the 13th is a very American phobia, Triskatecophobia. As most things are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, in Spanish speaking countries, instead of Friday, Tuesday the 13th is considered a day of bad luck. Oh. And it's called, uh, I did not take Spanish in high school. We took French here in Louisiana, so I'm sorry to our <coughs> Spanish uh, friends. Uh, Martez Trese I have no clue. I, don't, I can't pronounce, never, I don't have any background in uh, dissecting the Spanish language, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, the Greeks also consider Tuesday, and especially the 13th and unlucky day. Tuesday is considered dominated by the influence of Ares, the god of war. Uh, the fall of Constantinople and the Fourth Crusade occurred on a Tuesday, April 13th, 2004. I'm sorry, Mm. (laughs) 1204. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't 14 years ago when Constantinople (laughs) fell. Uh, And then it (laughs) fell again to the Ottomans on Tuesday, the 29th of May in 1453. So those events strengthen the superstition about a Tuesday. In addition, the Greek name of the day is, of Tuesday is triti, meaning the third day of the week, adding weight to the superstition since bad luck is said to, quote, come in threes. Mm. So if you're in Greece and it's Tuesday the 13th, beware. Or just Tuesday in general, apparently, because they consider the day itself unlucky. And then in, in uh, Mi Familia, My Homeland of Italia, uh, Friday the 17th is considered bad luck in Italian popular culture, not the 13th. Uh, the origin of this belief could be traced to the writing of the number 17 in Roman numerals XVII. By shuffling the digits of the number, one can easily get the word VIXI. I have lived, implying death in the present, an omen of bad luck. That's a big runaround to say something's unlucky. That is. Let's re-scramble these words. To say bored. something, but they in Italy they consider Friday the 13th and the 17th bad but they only consider Friday the 13th bad because of the film series hmm. these you know again, it's an American thing. As you correctly said, It's a most thing. things are <laughs> pretty much. Let me see. I thought I had something else here, but I guess. Oh, wait. Yeah, uh, I skipped over it. The fear of the number 13 is given given the scientific name triskaidekaphobia, and an analogy to this is fear of Friday the 13th, which is called Paraskeva triophobia. So triskaidekaphobia is just the number 13, but that longer word I'm not going to pronounce again is actual fear of Friday the 13th.
1: Trey is not a real professor.
2: Correct. <laughs> so don't take any of my advice about health. Though he sounds like one. Yeah.
1: With the big words. I try.
2: Mispronounced <laughs> words. But anyway. So as I mentioned, the next Friday the 13th, September and December, hmm. 2019. Long By that way, the lawsuit will be over for the game, hmm. so we might have new content.
1: That might be your next episode.
2: Maybe. The way I'm going judging with, by. <laughs> with this this goddamn kid. Yeah, it's, it's only like 10 episodes away, technically, I guess. <laughs> It could be. <laughs> oh, that's so, let's see, two, two months, yeah. yeah. It'll work out. No. If I had another kid, <laughs> oh, man. kill me now. Yeah. No, seriously, kill me now. Kill me. Kill me, come on, do it. Let me get that mask and heat it up. And... <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, quick, not the face, not the face. But yeah, so that kind of does it for uh, the meat of this episode, talking about Friday the 13th. Uh, in the real world, of course, two month delay, my Autumn popped out the kid. So oh, really, yeah. In case you didn't, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I actually had a baby with my wife, and mm. it's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some you know, had something had to kind of fall by the wayside in the meantime, and unfortunately, if you want Trey's real
1: thoughts, eighties revisited. <laughs> I
2: don't, don't want to say too many <laughs> things out there in the air. I'll be real with you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was it's hard. I mean, it's it, it's I went from literally complete independence mm-hmm. no debt nothing to complete I do anything to this thing now depends on you for every single aspect yep. of its life for or the next d- or dies 18 years <laughs> yeah and then you go to jail and then your life yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you know i'm gonna catch 22 here <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so then it's like because i told autumn when we had i said like, do you want it we can get a pet we'll go to the pound tomorrow and get a dog yeah, or we can start, you know, not to be crude. We can start having sex and we can have a baby. It's up to you. Like I I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I prefer the dog, <laughs> but if you're ready to have a baby, I'll support your decision. And she, unfortunately, picked a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Violet. We're listening to this 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> nah, My but father it, hates me. <laughs> <laughs> All those times when I was actually old enough to remember and how nice he was was just a lie.
1: Well, Violet, when you have your own child, you'll be like, yeah, you'll Dad.
2: understand. <laughs> dad rem- I, I understand it now you know, i mean huge it's a huge adjustment it's you know they everybody tells you like oh you uh you'll never be prepared we were prepared physically sure with we have everything we need burp cloths, all that kind of all that kind of stuff it's the mental thing and people don't mm-hmm. specify that it's just like oh you're never you're never it's ready like, that's what we meant <laughs> yeah like, that's yeah in high, yeah that's not what you meant, <laughs> you, meant uh, you meant everything you meant and everything. i took it as just one aspect yeah, you know, but it's it's hard. I can't you know? I mean, Autumn can't go to the movies together anymore. Yeah. So I got to go see all the movies I want to see. <laughs> you know, the early morning feature on a Friday.
1: That's what, yeah. No yeah, more. Yeah. I was at Perry's house and he was like, Trey called me. He just wanted to go see a movie.
2: <laughs> well, Solo was the first Star Wars. Well, aside from the original, yeah, you know, was. the original like it was like that's the first Star Wars movie I didn't see opening night since the prequel trilogies. Wow, I still haven't seen it. It's, it's, speaking of Back to the Future segment, <laughs> not as bad as, and speaking of Friday the 13th Part 5, not as bad as people thought it would be. I, I went, we talked about it on the podcast, you know, many moons ago. Right. I was like, uh, I'm going to go with low expectations. And it was great, and I enjoyed it. Now, I didn't like Alden Emmerich's portrayal of Han Solo, mm. because here's why. In, in Star Wars Episode Four, Han Solo is a rogue, like... D&D rogue like right. he's doing it for money and over the course of episode four he's like okay I went I went through all this there is a bigger picture there yeah. i want to come back and save Luke at the end and join the rebellion in this one in, in solo he's basically already joining spoiler alert a rebellion of sorts hmm. so it's like that no 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 that car- so then it cheap then it makes him oh he was putting on an act for episode four because he was right. just like yeah you know I'm a big badass that makes him more Ash from Army of Darkness in terms of bravado, as opposed to shooting Greedo first, you know, throwing the barkeeper a shilling or whatever the fuck it was a credit. And you know, sorry about the mess. You know, he's no longer the man with no name. He's you know, he's Thor from Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. He's a little more, you know, this is am I'm I'm talking shit, but well Thor could bring it. He's more Ash, you know, like, haha, I can do this, but oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not as com- it makes him seem less confident as a character which that that's the part I didn't like about it and that was my worry going into it was that you, you know Han Solo has to be portrayed as this character you, you know if you're going to show how he meets Chewbacca the Kessel Run and how he meets Lando and all this stuff great but you have to keep that character cohesive to how we first see him
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that they didn't do that and mm-hmm. that's that's why that's the one thing I didn't like about it. But everything else, it was a great Star Wars movie. You had Woody Harrelson in it. Amelia Clark actually did a good job in it, which I was like, when she showed up, I'm like, oh great. Here's Daenerys talking, you know, talking, you know, doing the same thing. You know, she 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 did good. Uh, oh, uh, Donald Glover, MVP. It should the movie should have been called fucking Lando, because <laughs> the second you see him on screen, you're like that is that is a young Lando Calrissian, and he starts talking. He you know it's he nailed it. Yeah, and oh, yeah. It, it didn't come off as an imitation of Billy D. Williams. It came off as
1: that's how Lando
2: mm-hmm. talk. Like that's Lando. Right. And I'm, I'm not kidding. The second he's on screen, I didn't see Donald Glover. I saw Lando fucking Calrissian, and I was like, I'm thinking like this should have been about him. And then have have Han come in, and then you they, they, then you see that part, because we don't know shit about Lando. Thankfully, they finally woke up and put are putting him part nine. Where the fuck has he been? <laughs> <laughs> he was there at the end of Jedi. He's a look at him, a general. Yeah, you know, and then where the fuck is he? So now they got to explain it. Like, where what, what, I mean, was Billy D having he could some have just, trouble? He
1: could have just been in the background, like briefly, even
2: just something or like just a communication. Like, I just heard from Lando. Yeah, and just that, that's all we needed to like, okay, he's coming.
1: Now we know where he is. He's
2: coming. Yeah, at the, I think I said it on the podcast for the last Jedi when they're in there at that, at that base trapped, I didn't think they were gonna just dig a hole out the back and get away on the Falcon. I was like, "Lando, she's standing on a. She's like, she's like, use my code." Leia tells him to use her code, her personal code. Hmm. I'm like, "I know who has that fucking code. It's Lando Calrissian, General Lando Calrissian." And Lando's one of the best characters in Star Wars because he made a mistake, which really wasn't a mistake. We're going to blow up Cloud City, or you turn over your friend. You turn over every every person, turn over their friend, so he automatically right. kind of gets a bad rep, rap in Empire. But he goes to, he nearly di- go, gets swallowed by the Sarlacc, saving Han. You know, he redeems himself. There, there's an arc there. There's a character there, hmm. and in Solo, you see that character. You see him as a card playing smuggler. You see him as a rogue, and he stays pretty true to that for the most part. Hmm. You know, of course, you have some sort of little comedic things in there for because it's Star Wars. It's a modern Star Wars movie, and ten year olds are watching it, so you gotta appeal to all audiences, right. which is why Black Panther had rhinos riders in it. Didn't see it yet. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not a big spoil. It, I was will say, not, it will not spoil it for you to know that people ride rhinos in that's it. That's the highlight of the movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It was the part where it was like, "There's the toy line." Ah, yeah. For me, the porgs, <laughs> pretty much. But God, it's been two months. So let's see. Oh, uh, what else did we see? Solo. So I guess you didn't see Ant Man a while. Oh, I did. Out. Oh, you did. I have. That. I went. I went early in the morning and saw it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I loved it. Uh, in fact, rewatching Ant Man after having a kid. And the fact that he's doing everything for his daughter, I fucking teared up in that movie. Oh, wow. It's like, and there's another thing. When you have a kid, you become a, I'm saying this in like a bro jest mode. So please don't be offended. I'm just using it for comedic effect. You become a pussy. <laughs> Every, it's just like, anytime there's a movie with a kid or like, you know, a, a father's relationship with a daughter or a son, whichever gender you have, because now you understand that on a level you never comprehended it before. Yeah. So when I rewatched Ant-Man before Ant-Man and Wasp, I'm like, God damn it. I would do that for you too, Violet. <laughs> I would sh- wear this suit and break in the shield for you.
1: <laughs>
2: or even if you weren't around, I still do. <laughs> <laughs> if Michael Douglas didn't show I- <laughs> up and give me a suit, I would totally do it too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you know, Ant Man succeeded, and that's the thing about the second one, you know, and the first one too, because he was a criminal. Right. You know, so he like he couldn't get caught again. So there was there was a very human story there as opposed to, you know, I'm telling Stark I'm rich, oh shit, I might die. <laughs> Now, there is drama there because you like the character. Don't get me wrong, sure. but there's not that human, like truly, to use comic book terms, street level drama yeah. in terms of it the character. It could be you, you
1: know, way of doing it. That's don't why, me.
2: like when you know, you see in Spider-Man comics, like oh, I call the Avengers, I need help. I need Cap's help. Uh, sorry, Spidey, they're too busy fighting Thanos right now. In the comic, yeah. not not the movie, which they, you know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's been an Avenger. I mean, yeah, but you know, Spider-Man mainly fights. You know, smaller threats. Mm -hmm. Daredevil. Daredevil's a better example. Uh, The Defenders on Netflix—they're fighting street-level organized crime, the kingpin-level stuff. They're not fighting Thanos or uh, the Celestials or any other threat like that. So, but then when you have a hero like Ant Man, which and then he was like one of the best parts of Civil War, like because he—Holy shit! It's Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, Here's your shield, Captain America. He's he's like (laughs) he's fanboying, like as he's fighting with the Avengers, and it's just you know. And Paul Rudd's the perfect choice for that type of character. Like, yep. he's such a good actor in that regard, as opposed to, like, if you threw, uh, I'm trying to think of a comedic actor who doesn't really have much range, uh, Jonah Hill. I, no, I don't, that's a bad example. I, I don't like Jonah Hill anywhere he says. Jason Bateman. Sean William Scott. <laughs> I don't know. He was in Goon. The Goons were good, yeah. and he did, like He had to dig was that an extra deep range? for him. It is, uh, I guess so. I mean, for him it was put it that way because I never expected him to pull me in like that with his character, but it was also everything else about the movie too, and just him. Which uh, you know, like he. I don't know. He's Tom just, Arnold. <laughs> there you go. Tom Arnold will not make me cry. <laughs> as much as uh, his performance in The Stupids was with when he sings yeah. "I'm your own grandpa, on my own grandpa," yeah. you know, as, mu- as much as that hits me hard, it does. Doesn't you know? Not the same level. That's a highlight, though, for sure, of his <laughs> career. I'd say that movie's underrated. This isn't '90s revisited, but The Stupids was a funny fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. If you never, you probably never heard of it, no, but believe me, it, it came clearly. and went. But it was, it has some genius jokes in it. I rented it at the Del Champs because they, <laughs> one of the every time we go to a, a Asian restaurant where they have the soy sauce in the packets, I think of that movie because he talks about how the how the how the people in the back have to put all the soy sauce in the tiny packets, <laughs> and there's a whole like like it's like a Family Guy scene like they show it. And like we can't get involved. We got to put all the soy sauce in these tiny packets. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know, it's, it's that kind of humor, but 20 years ago, right? You know, that's the kind of humor that's really popular now. So it's underrated. So there's the underrated '90s pick of the week yeah. or an '80s revisited. <laughs> uh, but Ant-Man and Wasp was a great. Evangeline Lily. God, I love her so much. The uh, only complaint with Ant-Man and Wasp was they didn't, especially after rewatching the first one, where the the shrinking stuff was so well done, like. That's what made that movie so good. And it will be my top three, three or five for Marvel movies, probably, honestly, after rewatching it again. And that was the first time I've seen it since saw it in the theater. Always liked it, but then, you know, rewatching it for the next one. But all the, the directing and the concept of how to handle and shoot mm-hmm. the shrinking stuff was... Yeah. Ab- Talking about the first one. Right? Yeah, absolutely genius, mm-hmm. how they did that. It's very entertaining Editing, to watch. Yeah. The second one, there's some good points, but it's not... As exciting uh, when when it got to the shrinking stuff in the second one, it wasn't as exciting as the first one. Also, going,
1: as exciting as the toy uh, train. Train, no, there, <laughs> there was
2: nothing beat that. Yeah, because even watching that again, knowing here's that part. Yeah, it's. So, I felt the same way. I watched it It's so fucking good. You know yeah. it, It's shot so well. He turns like you tell he's like oh shit and then <laughs> the toy <laughs> falls and that was in don't, the trailer too yeah I know. and then it's it happened in the movie the first time knew it was coming laughed my ass off yep. <laughs> knew it was coming You're again right, La- it was in the trailer and that's that's a token I mean that's a credit to that film yeah you know Thor Ragnarok relied on dumb luck and stuff for humor again I watched that a couple times still don't I love Kate Blanchett in it don't like care for much other the stuff in it but Ant Man did it so like that's it's so fucking good. And it's so, it's, and Wasp, it's a little more marvel mm-hmm. as opposed to the first one. I think the first one was a very unique superhero movie that took place in the Marvel universe, cinematic universe. I'm sorry, I gotta, I'm watching an auction on some Stephen King books. That <laughs> it, that end, it doesn't end for 19 minutes, so I'm just making sure I'm not already bit it out of it. All right. Uh, <laughs> so ever online. since fucking it came out, you can't buy a Stephen King book now. Yeah, no kidding. Because I don't want the new ones that have the stupid ass covers. I want the ones mm. from back in the day that have like the painted you covers. were like a used bookstore. <laughs> I did. I, 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 every yeah. week I go to Cottonwood Books trying to fill in my collection. But uh, some dude's selling like all these lots of them, and he's selling them in different lots. So I got to watch three different auctions at one time to oh, get wow. this one. These one one books I want. Anyway, that's I still got 19 minutes. I can I can do it. I can. <laughs> I, I don't. I won't. I'll have to let y'all know next week if it is the next week or <laughs> <laughs> in two months. Two what ha- months. what happened with it? <laughs> But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I saw uh, some Oscar bait in terms of a movie called The Rider, which was... Uh, I saw it advertised in front of Isle of Dogs, and we mm-hmm. saw Isle of Dogs. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Uh, pretty good. It's slow, drama, dramatic movie. Interesting story behind it that the director, uh, she went to learn how to ride a horse or something, and the guy that was teaching her to ride the horse told her his story. So it's him and his family sort of telling their real-life story in a m- movie format, but it's not... It doesn't say like based on a true story. It's not like done like that. It's just done as a story, but it's using the real people and basing it on that story. It was actually it's pretty good. Kind of slow. This is not an action movie or it's not a high drama movie. It's slow. It's building character. Non-actors, but good like some of the best non-actors I've ever seen. Mm. Put it that way. Worth watching, you know, especially you, you might you'll probably see it pop up for Oscar season, possibly. I don't know how many people see it. Uh, but it's one of those like you know official selection of the Sundance Film Festival, yeah. one of those kind of you know which a lot of movies are. Don't get me wrong, mm. but it was I enjoyed it. it was it was really good. I uh, don't usually like modern westerns in terms of like cowboys and rodeos and stuff. That's not my genre. Mm. Uh, but it was it was good. Uh, I'd say it's worth watching in terms of uh, if you're looking for something you know a little more serious in tone. You know, I found it kind of moving. It was moving at the end for me. Uh, Super Troopers two saw that. Not yeah. as good as the first nowhere near as good as the first but still enjoyable yeah those guys doing those characters again alone was that's that's why i was there i didn't care about the story right (laughs) i wanted to see them be those characters again and again i i didn't laugh as much as in the first one as i'm getting at it's still funny better than beer fest for sure and uh maybe i've only seen club dread once but i don't remember i just remember bill paxton in (laughs) it rest in peace my friend but uh probably on the level of i remember club dread being pretty funny yeah. Uh, so, probably along that level. I mean, along the lines of Beer, Fe- Beer Fest, Beer had its moment. So, yeah. it, I mean, Super Troopers it was the peak for them as far as what they've done since, but in terms of Beerfest, Club Dread, and Super Troopers 2. I think that's all. Is that all they've done? Do they have anything else? They, uh, it's like there might be one other thing I'm forgetting. Something Salmon. Oh, yeah. The, salmon. Yeah, the restaurant. One, that one was actually pretty good. I like, because yeah. I remember, I didn't know about that when you mentioned it to me Yeah. on the podcast not too long ago.
1: And they had one that they did even before Super Troopers. But, yeah. I would say they're mostly known for oh, the yeah. ones named.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Because I didn't even know that one existed until you told me. And that was yeah. post-Super Troopers, I believe. So. Yeah. But yeah, uh, let's see. It's been a while. It seems seen like there's some other big stuff, but I can't think of it. So i would have to save it for next time. Uh, I finished God of War for PlayStation 4. Best game of the year by far. Mm. Amazing. Beautiful. The story was incredible. Uh, the voice acting, the graphics... I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is up there, but this one had like another like level of detail on top of that.
1: I watched some video of it on Twitch.
2: And it's a, the, the story is what really impressed me, like just how, how well they tied into mythology, and not just they combined Norse and Greek mythology, but in a way that this is mentioned in Norse mythology. This character, and the, you know, it has shades of being of ties to this character in Greek mythology. So the way they did it was really really schooled and learned it in terms of like tying it together which is always appreciated uh at least by me mm. so uh and i guess that's about it aside from having a kid <laughs> that was the big <laughs> point yeah you know, i won't bore you with those details but it's it's different but uh we did have a couple oh and puddle cruiser that was the movie i was trying to think of
1: before yeah, super troopers
2: never heard of that
1: broken lizards puddle cruiser
2: but I uh, did have a couple of emails. Uh, and thank you to everybody on Facebook, social media who reached out and just said, hey, Trey, are you okay? Or, like, I'm assuming, like, most people correctly assume that we had the baby. So, right, right. Uh, for example, the uh, vice chairman of the UK Aiders Visited Podcast Fan Club, Pete. Uh, he sent one on June 14th, uh, gents, given that it's been a month or so, I assume Trey's a father. If so, I hope all are well. I hope all are well. And congratulations. Thank you very much, Pete. I guess age visit is on hold for a little while as Trey will need his sleep. Cheers guys. All the best, Pete. And then he sent one celebrating July 4th. I hope you gents are both well. I'm sure we'll get a podcast when you have time. However, in the meantime, a Brit would like to wish you a happy independence day. Mm -hmm. Cheers, Pete. Yeah. You know, I always like when you losers (laughs) whose ass we kicked in 1776 tell us how great we are, because America's, I'm doing air quotes, because it's not true, great again.
1: Please take us back. Please,
2: (laughs) please, Please Pete, lead lead the invasion, just get us, (laughs) let's let's hail to the, I mean, uh, God save the queen, and...
1: I fucking love tea.
2: (laughs) Me too, I drink hot (laughs) tea every night. I'm in the South.
1: Have you been to the uh, tea house in Covington?
2: Mm-mm. I like them on Facebook, though. I know they do like Doctor Who themes, stuff, like yeah, all sorts of different English themed stuff. Well,
1: we went there once like months ago, but on the way back from Orlando, we stopped there and just to pick up tea because I got good tea there.
2: <laughs> is it like their own that they make or like they just have like a variety from all over? Have.
1: The great thing about that, you pay five bucks and you could drink tea all goddamn day. <laughs> wow. Cause, and the menu is like four pages of different teas. Jesus. So it's like, what do you want to try this time? They bring you a little pot of it. So wow. you don't even have to be out of that. You'd be like, I want to try something else. And I mean, it's all you can drink tea, basically.
2: That's genius, too, because yeah. it don't take shit to stock tea. <laughs> it's yeah. a fucking tea bag. <laughs> right. I got 10 of, you know, like your stock is like a closet. Yep. Let me grab this one over. Oh, we got four left. Let's order another box of uh, this African Rubus Jumanji tea. Yeah. You know,
1: it's all these flavors like you've never just heard water. before. And you know, I
2: that's, like, that's a genius idea. Yeah.
1: I was like, I never tried cardamom. Let's bring on the cardamom.
2: Actually, I use that as a like a me and ana had we on a hot tea kick. This is a while back, mm-hmm. but would sweeten my tea or add like a s- little scoop of cardamom oh. to my coffee or tea. Yeah, that was the first. That's what time they do in India, it. like other over other countries. That's what they use like instead of sugar. Like it's yeah. a popular thing to do, and it's actually pretty good. And then we didn't we ran out, and I never bought any anymore. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, next time you're in Covington and you're not trapped at home. <laughs> For Sure, but uh, thanks, Pete, for the emails and all that. We're doing well. Happy, I don't guess it's, it's not celebrated over there, but thank you, nevertheless, <laughs> for the well wishes, uh, for the 4th of July over here, which is just another way to make money that Americans try to make money, yep. off Chinese the flag. And, yeah, exactly, all that kind of stuff. So, but it's yeah, not you were,
1: about money, Americans don't care,
2: pretty much. You're exactly right, yep, exactly right. So, it's please, sad. please. Queen Elizabeth, come take it, please. A defect to England.
1: She'll lead the front.
2: <laughs> on her horse with a, <laughs> with a cane in her hand. Fuck yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, be a citizen of somebody brave enough to do that. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Next week, uh, I'm hoping to do, uh, I mentioned on the on Facebook that we're going to do, the next episode was going to be V, the original miniseries. But as I promised before that, every time there's a Friday the 13th, we do the next Friday the 13th that had to supersede that second promise because it was a pre-promise. Mm-hmm. So the next episode will we'll be on V, the original miniseries. Uh, we'll go from there. I'm not, I'm not going to promise it'll be next week, but I would like to, you know, I got several ready to go. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with Jesse and talking to you guys and girls. So hopefully we'll be back to a little more regularity uh, now that the initial shock <laughs> world-changing event has kind of worn off until I go home and I hear, <laughs> <laughs> That girl can... Lace and whale can just. Mm. <laughs> I always hear people like oh, I can't stand a screaming baby. Like I've been in public with screaming babies, and like you know, okay, whatever. But then when it's yours, it's like that other level of like you represent of like I it. want you to stop. <laughs> yeah, you're you're put you're, you're running my brand. <laughs> you need to you need to put a sock in it. But I mean, the only thing that should like and they say you know, you'll learn your baby's cries and all that, which is true. But the thing is the one cry that's the worst is the shrieking one right we call it the shrieking violet uh, <laughs> is when she'll she's hungry and then there's only one thing to do when that happens yeah and i mine don't feed. mine don't produce milk feed. so it has to feed <laughs> so yeah we're going to try to do v next week uh, or let's say as soon as possible yeah we'll we'll, we'll go with that in at least 3 months <laughs> <laughs> god forbid it's longer than that seriously no. But yeah, so thanks for everybody for sticking around through this. Thanks for all the well wishes on social media, everything like that. It's like I said, it's and nothing makes me happier aside from my child who's listening in the future. Are you wrapping up
1: the show right now? Yeah. What about the sweetest fish?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got the shark Shark Week is in a couple weeks uh-huh. or next week. Actually, a week from today, being Friday the 13th, when you're listening to this. And always, you know, I usually get I get caught up in the hype, so I'll get something shark-related just for fun. So I got the Shark Week box, which I got a cool shark a little bobblehead, some other uh, coffee mug, which my oh rest in peace my Goonies coffee mug. Uh, we have this thing in the sink that's meant for bottles, like it's to dry stuff. It looks like grass, but it's like spikes.
1: So you're saying the Goonies coffee mug would still be alive? If, if you not, didn't have if I kid. didn't have a
2: fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, but anyway, it's, it's <laughs> elevated, so you sit stuff in there and in. Uh, I think I, I actually broke it But I sat it in there And then something else Bumped it And it, f- it fell into the sink And the handle broke off So it was Goonies never say die I've had it for like Four years And so you said Rest die. in peace <laughs> I said Actually it broke And it just said Goonies never say oh, the, well. the die part was off Thought cool. about gluing it together But I don't have That kind of patience Or that time now Because I got a fucking kid Oh I could have done it I got some stuff I don't know Jesse There was some yeah. tiny tiny piece. Oh, I go okay. to drink I sleep. thought it was one break Oh no Oh, bummer. Like, the, the handle and then, like, the little slivers from, like, you know, it, yeah. was, a met, it was total loss. So, uh, but anyway, but it had a mug and you know, some other stuff. kid. But it yeah, had kid. some Swedish fish in it, which I, I, I think I might have. That's that me, the, That's, my alu- that's because my, au- be alarm? my auction's ending in eight minutes. Oh, that's pretty long. <laughs> yeah, plenty <laughs> of time to wrap the show. So they came with Swedish fish for some, because, you one. know, sharks eat fish. Eat Here, I'll let fish. you get one instead of me touching them off. I don't but I, I'm sure you're familiar I, I think I've had, the, I've tried a Swedish fish once in my life it's before. For a long time. I don't me. remember. So when they came with Swedish fish, I'll bring it over to Jesse's and give them to them and maybe try one on the podcast. So this is a review. Asia is a review That's of Swedish be much fish. much more
1: effective on video. If you want to see us on video, yeah. let us know because we have a, I, I do a uh, heart board games. It's twitch.tv slash games. We also have a twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Melissa Sings. Anyway, I have a lot of webcams.
2: So, (laughs) the idea is... None in the bedroom to disappoint you voyeurs out there.
1: We were thinking about doing something with Adrian's Visited on Twitch, if that sounds like something. cute, see us, because you could see us eating Swedish fish for the first time. Swedish fish, here it goes. There we go. That's like a skin over it.
2: Yeah, like... It's a consistency.
1: Maybe we got old ones.
2: Maybe. Well... Not terrible, but I would never buy a pack of them. Right. In fact, I might. I might actually eat one or two more.
1: The later flavors decent, but whenever you first put it in, it's like it has that skin over it. And it's all the same fucking flavor too. But I think that skin keeps them from like sticking to each other. Maybe. Mm,
2: and like you know, fish have skin.
1: Yeah. Whatever. But also, like if you left that in the sun, it melt together <laughs> if it didn't have that skin over it.
2: That's true. No. Just
1: like real fish. All right. So sweetest fish scale one to ten.
2: Five. Five. I mean, it's worse than Friday the like, 13th. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch A New Beginning again than eat a bag of Swedish. Because I think it's just like, no, this was a bag of cherry Sour Patch Kids, the red Sour Patch Kids. I'd eat the whole fucking bag. It'd have been gone in two minutes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but well, if they have that added sugar and sour.
2: They have a good flavor to them. That's like my favorite. Like when I, yeah. I don't buy candy. If I do buy candy, it's because I found an Astro Pop or a bag of Jujubes mm. since Walgreens here doesn't sell them anymore. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the '80s, uh, cheese balls are coming back. Me and Autumn both pre-ordered. Are they gone? <laughs> yeah, she, oh, the Planners cheese balls. Oh. Those class. Those are. Have, have I been just think of like years. The, the
1: Oots version. Oh yeah, no, comes not in those. A giant pale. Those,
2: are, those are pale imitations <laughs> of the memories I have of Planners cheese balls. But they were back on Amazon <laughs> and some other stuff, and they went on sale July 1st. Me and Autumn both. They were only available in packs in like boxes of twelve. So I have twenty-four cans of Planners cheese balls coming to my house on July 18th. Hmm. So, I just, you know, I'm actually told to us last night. We're like, I really hope they taste as good as we remember because we're gonna have 24 fucking cans of these things.
1: That's funny. The that planter's cheese balls them. were
2: fantastic because they were in like the giant Pringles type can.
1: Right.
2: And you had like the, you had to pop them like a tennis ball. T- again, the tennis ball analogy, like you had to rip the th- the thing off of them. Huh. Like it had the hook like a Coke can. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. were fresh. But I always remembered Planner's cheese balls tasted so good. Like and then like I can't they, relate. They disappeared. And then you have like those Oots brand, like all those other ones you see, like,
1: eh, I don't like the, the puffs, like Cheetos puffs. See, I love the puffs. Oh, uh, see, I, I don't like I regular don't, Cheetos.
2: I don't like the crunchy ones. Oh, because like we you know, are, we are
1: <laughs> civil. Is <what's> that mean <laughs> we're at civil war?
2: <laughs> That's where I just pause and then we cut to. Yeah. So well, I'll tell you what's great about the, the puffs is you leave them out. Like you leave the bag open in your microwave or something and get them a little stale. What? They're delicious.
1: No, Yes. 80s Revisited, (laughs) 80s Revisited at gmail.com. Please tell Trey what's better, because it ain't stale puffs. God
2: damn, (laughs) these options just jumped up by like $40.
1: Oh, I I forgot to tell you, I've been bumping that up. You asshole! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, stale puffs, sweet, fresh, crunchy Cheetos versus old stale puffs. Tell me which one sounds better. 80s 80 gmail.com. That
2: one hard Cheeto that... Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, but
2: stale. It kind of gets you they there. Just, they melt in your mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> they Don't t- comment or send me an email until you try them stale, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> try them stale. First impressions
1: are allowed, like, you know, not oh, yeah, I mean, trying. Yeah.
2: Initially, I thought that was disgusting, but then I did what you said. I actually tried it, and it wasn't so bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody Yeah, I tried it. it. Now I'm in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> My colon has
2: to be removed.
1: <laughs> I have AIDS. Thanks, 80s Revisited.
2: The, uh, and you some. could also
1: tweet at him, at 80s Revisited. At I won't, I won't pay attention to a guy. Right. Twitter's
2: before the fucking kid. I know.
1: What, you don't get alerts? Like, notifications?
2: I get, it, gets, it gives me the emails.
1: So it's like I'm oh, really uh, bad at it, too. Like, I'm trying to be good with heartboard games on Instagram, th- Twitter, and all that crap.
2: I mean, I could, I don't know, it's just, I don't need more fucking social media apps. Right. I can post a picture on Facebook. Why do I need a separate well, app to post the picture? That's, why do I need a separate one to use 130 characters well, of something? it's not for you. It's for the show. I know, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't If you're going camping, would you want a Swiss Army, and you can only carry one thing, right. you would take a Swiss Army knife.
1: Honestly, that's why I use Instagram, because there's a little button there. When you're posting, you could click Facebook. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. Twitter. Autumn told me that. Or that's it.
1: Yeah, so I don't post on the other. I mean, they get posted, but I don't actively go on So that.
2: Twitter does it, too? I know it was Facebook. Facebook, uh, Instagram is mean, the one I use. I mean, Instagram. I, I mean, Instagram feeds to Facebook, but it also feeds to Twitter too. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well I might just everything. I'll get see if I can get that linked up, and yeah. that
1: that would actually make it easier then. And that's the only thing I, I mean, I never posted on Facebook to begin with, mm-hmm. so that's like the only time I would post was for right. our stuff, was. Oh yeah, if, if, I mean, but I mean, even for our stuff, for my personal page, never used it. Mm-hmm. So just have an Instagram do all the work for me. Even though Instagram's owned by Facebook.
2: so <laughs> It's all feed in the machine. All right. These fools, they're paying money for the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Zuckerberg's laughing in his evil lair. Yep, Only Elon much. can save us. <laughs> but anyway, I got a minute 42 seconds left this auction. So, uh, yeah, send us an email about the great Cheeto debate of 2018. Uh, don't forget uh, po- shout out, po- podcast shout outs to our friends now versus install to John and James Lafayette. And as always, the Asia Mania podca- podcast with our friend from Tasmania living in the future, mm-hmm. Ben, the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt. He's also a regular now on the BAM cast, the Badly Awful Movies podcast. I think that's what it stands for. Yeah, movie, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Uh, but they recently did Supergirl, which is one that I mentioned before we did our superhero month that I wanted to do, but completely forgot about it. Mm. So until we do it. By all means, this is the Badly Awesome Movies podcast and check that out. And they got some other great episodes for some, what some would say, badly awesome movies. Hmm. So check them out there. And again, Jesse mentioned all the Twitch stuff. Uh, I Heart Board Games, Melissa Sings. Yep. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. All right, 53 seconds. You might as well stay around for the conclusion. <laughs> and gonna- we
1: also got to play Wolfie's Just Fine, A New Beginning, that's by John LaJoy. It's a, a song about this very movie we've been reviewing this entire time. But uh, yeah, we can play that on the out. So you could say, or I guess we're going to see if you actually win this. Oh, he's concentrating.
2: I got well, to bid on three separate auctions at uh, once.
1: There's a minute left. Oh my gosh. He's I'm the highest on, bender,
2: bidder, on, bidder on two. I got one more 47. Or he's 13 the master seconds.
1: of his iPhone right now. <laughs> no one can out iPhone him.
2: Hurry, hurry. Let me. Not Is the highest bidder. Let me go up iPhone? 40. Hurry. I if you're hearing music seconds. in the
1: background. That's my inconsiderate wife. She knows we're podcast recording, so
2: wow, I'll bid already. Know Somebody's sniping out loud. Oh, you can have it. I ain't paying a hundred bucks for it.
1: Oh, one down, two to go. I got
2: outbid on two of them.
1: Two down, one to go.
2: I did get the third one. This <laughs> is
1: riveting, isn't it? Knowing that this auction it was over several <laughs> days ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody was we'll sni- a lot of people song. were sniping. One out of three ain't bad. Oh, you got one? Yeah, I got the cheap one.
1: Well that'll work.
2: How much did I get it for
0: though?
2: You don't even know how much you got? I'm waiting. Forty. Forty bucks for five hardcover books so worth the price. Me,
1: Considering how sought after they are right now. Yeah.
2: Well the damn one with it also had pet cemetery, and I really wanted Pet Cemetery and Hardcover. He grouped the that one went for seventy two. The other lot went for sixty five.
1: This song is worth looking up on YouTube. It's called "Wolfie's Just Fine: A New Beginning." You see the video. I think it really sells the whole thing. Oh yeah. But we're happy to let you hear it here.
2: Oh, there's my alarm. I don't know why it went off
1: late. Late. (laughs) You would have missed them all.
2: Yeah, look. Oh, because I snoozed it, that's why. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, why was You should have got to the Chapa? Yeah. Oh well.
1: Alright, say goodbye now.
2: Goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hopefully. Or next month.
1: I forgot how you sign off. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I hopefully will remain Trey Harris. Yes, he's Cowabunga!
0: Cowabunga! time to move We sat and watched as he murdered you I thought it was safe we wanted to play your brother We should leave now We were led astray the pastor would say oh, Yo we all sin shall find you out I stood frozen, desperately trying to make sense of it all. Your body lay motionless. tried to warn him, but he couldn't keep rose Through the screen, oh, what could we do? He didn't have any time to move His blood was dark, it was almost Safe, we wanted to play. Oh, brother, we should leave now. We were led astray. The pastor would say, Oh, your sin shall find you out. Oh, and as we may. facebook.com slash awesome pods
2: and follow us on twitter
0: at awesome pods